Let me tell you what it's like. I'm finna tell you what it's like. Let me tell you what, let me tell you what it's like. Fighting 45 to life. In a room with a hype boy, nigga, you don't like. When you seen your homie, first thing that he gave you was a knife. Tryna tell you that it's real. You don't know how I feel. When you lose that appeal, it's like speeding down a hill. And your brakes don't work. Credit God that he take that wheel. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm gonna welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This your boy Jalen. And what we saw on Sunday between two games, you saw old greats. Well, let's talk about what we saw Sunday. Let's say this. So let's start with, I guess, the biggest game of the of the weekend, which was Sunday night football between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> when we say now don't don't get me wrong Tom Brady is going to go down as more than likely the greatest quarterback ever uh, his resume is unspe- is is un you know you, you can't really you can't really refute the resume right but what we saw on Sunday was pure domination for people that didn't see the saints won 38 to three and that you know those there's games right where tom brady looks bad and before you know he looks bad but he can still you know squeak it out you still have a great defense well he had a great defense you know he has a great defense because tampa bay is a pretty good defense but, you know, he was younger and he could squeak it out, you know, back in the day. And Sunday, and, and I think he's gotten to a point, I believe he's 43 or 42, one of two. He's gotten to a point where he, his bad is bad. <laughs> like Tom Brady's bad is, is bad. And... <laughs> He he was dominated. He, the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know. Look, they lost thirty eight to three, and it, it it was just as bad as that as that um as that. In fact, it was worse because honestly, like if it wasn't for a late field goal because Tampa Bay didn't want to get shut out, and if it wasn't for Jarrett Cook dropping or uh, fumbling the ball at the two-yard line and uh, dropping an an easy first down, it would have been worse. Like, this was pure domination from from, uh, New Orleans. And the thing is, you know, I've been here talking, and and the question has, has been spiraling, is... Is is Drew Brees washed up? You know, is is it over for Drew Brees? As we've seen, Drew Brees hasn't had the zip on the ball like he usually does throughout the years. His accuracy, while his accuracy is still good, his his deep ball is is pretty much non-existent. And those questions are valid. You know, the the Drew Brees that we have seen. Or the incredible Drew Brees, the Hall of Fame Drew Brees, is just not the Drew Brees that we're seeing now. And I think it's due to the... I mean, he's 41 years old. So, you know, these are older quarterbacks. But one thing, even in the even in Drew Brees' arm 
uh, pretty much disintegrating. <laughs> One thing that the con- that that we know as football fans, that we know as people that watch. Drew Brees play and the Saints play is the one thing that you do not do. And, and it's, it's not just with Drew Brees. It's been with Tom Brady as well. But one thing that you do not do is blitz Drew Brees because Drew Brees not only is accurate enough, he he's smart enough, he has vision, he will be able to get an open man or he'll be able to hit someone fast. And we saw that time and time and time and time again on Sunday. He would, it was a dink and dunk, it was a, you know, dink and dunk offense, but there were times where he, he, he had a big shot again with uh, Hill and Emmanuel Sanders got in. Welcome back, Michael Thomas. He got a couple shots. Alvin Kamara did his thing. It was just a complete dominant performance by the entire Saints team outside of Jared Cook because Jared Cook, he just, he had a bad game. So this, you know, the the team that we saw on Sunday was the team in the Saints. The team that we saw on Sunday in the Saints was the team that I thought uh, we were going to see the entire year. If this is the team that we were going to see the entire year and we see from this week moving forward, this is the team that I said has the capability of making it to the Super Bowl. Marcus Lattimore was incredible. Uh, Demario Davis was incredible. The, the the defense was fast. They they got to they Brady threw three picks and all three of them were horrible. Especially the one that he ran to the right and threw across his body trying to get to Gronk. That was an easy pick. Malcolm Jenkins looked good and Malcolm Jenkins as quiet as it's kept. Malcolm Jenkins been getting burnt this entire year, but Malcolm Jenkins looked good. Like everyone looked good for the Saints both offense and defense. I mean, Drew Brees looked like vintage Drew Brees. You know, he he had one of those games where he was incredibly accurate. I think he only missed, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe four or five passes. Like, Drew Brees was the incredible Drew Brees. And, again, this is this is the I, – I, I, not only do I think that Tampa Bay being bad – definitely helped with this outcome but I think the return of Michael Thomas definitely helped with this outcome as well seeing as though you know and it's not just Michael Thomas it's Michael Thomas it's Emmanuel Sanders the Saints have been dealing with injuries this entire year uh and in key spots because as we know Michael Thomas is arguably a top five well not arguably he's undeniably a top five wide receiver in the game when healthy so you get him back Emmanuel Sanders was a good find they thought Emmanuel Sanders was going to be a great second option for Drew Brees so you know for the Saints it definitely was a complete dominant win and for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I don't know what it was man I don't know if it was because this was um you know, Chris Godwin's been dealing with injury and he came back and he just didn't look right. I don't know if it was the first game that they're trying to integrate Antonio Brown. And he I think he played like 30 to 39, maybe 40 snaps, which is a lot for a first for the first game. And not to mention, I think he only had half a week to practice or he had one week to practice. Uh, I don't know. It's it just I don't know what it was, but. From the offense down, it just didn't work. The defense was a step slower, and any time they did do something, 
uh, it was followed by a flag, followed by a penalty. Uh, again, Tom Brady looked horrible. He he got sacked num- a number of times. He threw three bad picks. Gronk dropped really clutch. I mean, some some easy passes. Like everything from Tampa Bay just didn't work. Just didn't work. It, it just it was bad. It was, these are one of those games where you just throw it away. You just be like, you know what? <laughs> It it was just bad, you know. Tom Brady, he's not used to playing that bad, and he's never gonna play that bad again. And you just chalk it up to that. That's 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 what you chalk it up to. And like I said, we saw two different things. We saw, I, I guess I'll call it the old head game. You know, you got, and, and that doesn't take away from how great they've been. But you have Tom Brady and Aaron. I mean, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. But then you also probably the game of the week was the Tampa Bay no was the the Miami Dolphins and the Arizona Cardinals. You had Kyler Murray and you had Tua Tungavaloa. Now I was I'm one of the people that you know thought going into the draft Tua should be number one. I remember what he did at, at Alabama. Now there are questions because outside of Drew Brees, outside of um. Russell Wilson, smaller quarterbacks don't really succeed like that. But you know, I was I was excited to see what what he was going to do. We know how great Kyler Murray is and and d- is developing to be. And th- this was an exciting game, man. This show, like I said, you had Drew Brees and and Tom Brady, for lack of a better term, the old head game, and then you had the new age. <laughs> game which was Tua Tagovailoa and Kyler Murray you had both of them running elusively uh having incredible passes it it was just it was that was the game of the week man to me uh you know the the it it, it, yeah Kyler Murray did throw an interception he did uh fumble the ball but like I said it was it was an incredible game Kyler Murray you know, he did it with his legs. He did it with his arms. I think he became the first player in NFL history to throw uh, over 2,000 yards and 500, 500 rushing yards in eight games, which is, you know, incredible. And, yes, the Dolphins did win 34 to 31. And, and shout out to the Dolphins, too, man. A lot of people aren't really talking about this, but the Dolphins are 5-3. and three. And this is a – I don't know how it's going to shape up, but with – you know, a couple key injuries in the AFC. You can, I, I, I could see the Dolphins making at least a wild card run. You know what I mean? So, shout out to the Dolphins. And I don't think that we can say this is an experiment anymore. A lot of people were were saying that Tua Tagovailoa was an experiment as far as you know. Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing well throughout the beginning of the season, and with Tua coming on. It was just like I, you you pull a quarterback that's red hot. You know, I think at the time they won like three straight or they won like three games or something like that. There were three and three, I believe. And it was just like, why would you pull why would you pull a a, a hot quarterback? But, you know, a lot of people were saying it's uh this was probably going to be an experiment, but no, you draft him like what, fifth or or third or something like that. It's like, no, this is this is what we're gonna do. And Tua looked incredible, man. Any any doubts? Now I know this is two games, but any doubts that at least I had of Tua right now have been thrown out the window. I think that the league 
is in great hands for years to come. When you have Tua, when you have Kyler Murray, when you have Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, you know, young mobile quarterbacks like that, I think the league's in great, great hands, man. So, you know, shouts out to the Dolphins. It was it was an, it was a good weekend, man. It was a good it was a good weekend of football. Uh, and that, that actually started with a Thursday night game with Green Bay dominating the the San Francisco 49ers. Now, see, the San Francisco 49ers, it it's it's tough because they're just decimated with injury. When you uh, we talked about this I think last Tuesday, but I, I when you when you lose Jimmy Garoppolo, when you lose Nick Bosa, when you lose D Ford, when you lose all the defensive players they've lost, all the offensive players they lost, you know, it, it, it's hard, man. It's hard. But 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 I will say that, you know, Kyle Shanahan is one of the best coaches in the league and he he gets his team ready. Now, again, they did lose to the Green Bay Packers, but of course, you're going to lose to the Green Bay Packers when everybody in there when Nick Mullins is your starting quarterback and it just it just ain't working. So and it's not just ain't working. You have you have people, you know, key spots are injured. So. But, yeah, I'm not going to go over all these games, man. Um, I guess I'll go over the Washington game. Washington lost to New York 20-23. Uh, to 23. Uh, Daniel Jones is, I think, 4-0 against Washington. But the biggest news in that game was uh, Kyle Allen dislocating his ankle. He, I mean, I know Ron Rivera says it's premature to say he's out for the season, but he had surgery. He's probably out for the season. And now it's either do you go with Alex Smith? Because Alex Smith did look pretty good outside of throwing three interceptions and one very costly interception. But he he looked – I'm not going to say he looked good. I'm going to say he looked – he looked – he didn't look scared. He Let me say this. He looked timid to run, but he didn't look scared to throw the ball. Now, again, he threw three interceptions – and you know, but again, the question now is: Do you go on with Alex Smith being your starting quarterback, or do you go back to Dwayne Haskins? Now, it is tough for me to see them going back to Dwayne Haskins, especially how he was demoted from the starting quarterback to the third string. How uh, now his name was in trade rumors, um, and in fact. His name now is the, the. I think they're saying they're going to try to trade him in the off season. It's kind of hard to go back to a starting, you know, a quarterback after those circumstances. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what what they're who. I mean, I know. I guess at this point he's their backup, but I, I don't know what Washington's doing, man. It's just a lot going on. And at this point, they're two and six. I think right now, if everything was to end today, they would have the fifth overall pick. <sighs> I don't know. And you know what the worst part about Washington is? The worst part about Washington is they're not trying to be bad. They're just bad. Like, you can look at the Jets. At this point, outside of what we saw yesterday, at this point, they're just trying to be bad. Like, they can their players continue to get hurt. Uh, they Adam Gase is horrible as a coach. Sam Darnold, you, you're not – there's just not, not good piece outside of – Pyramid and and Crowder that you don't really have good pieces. Frank Gore is 150 years old and he's your starting running back. The Jets are trying to be bad, uh, but the Washington football team is not trying to be bad. They're just bad. I mean, you have an incredible defense. You have Chase Young. You have 
um, Ryan Kerrigan, you have Sweat, you have Allen, you have all these incredible places that are on the defense. And on the offense, you have Terry McLaurin, you have Antonio Gibson, who is a find. But outside of that, you don't have much, man. So, yeah, what, what, what it was is I think they expected, well, one, nobody expected a pandemic to happen, but they expected Dwayne Haskins to make that jump. And this, I said this beginning in the beginning of the uh, of the year, as far as the football season, I said Washington was one of the teams that got hit hardest by the pandemic. And when I say that, I mean Washington is one of those teams that needed, and I mean desperately needed, a preseason and a a regular uh, uh, training camp. Because when you have a new coaching staff and you have a quarterback that is in development, the the best thing that you can do for them is get reps, whether that's in practice, whether that's during preseason. And the fact that Dwayne Haskins was, while he's a, he's a decent quarterback, but he was seen as more of a project um, coming out of college and when you don't have even Ron Rivera said it when you don't have a lot of reps and he didn't start most of the season last year so it, it, the Washington was one of the biggest teams that got hit uh with the by the virus as far as you know not having or the alterations of this season rightfully so and it's shown uh it, it's it's just shown now Again, the the offensive line is still horrible, but I think that Dwayne Haskins would be in a better place as far as his progressions goes. I think he'd be better if he had a off season. So that's Washington, and and New you know New York. We know who New York is, man. Like don't new york is two and seven and the two wins is against washington daniel jones is the next coming of uh tom brady when he plays washington but when he plays anyone else he's garbage so there's that um i don't need to talk about the tennessee and bears game i mean tennessee won 24 to 17 uh the bears what the the bears did do the bears did um contain Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry had a sub 100 rushing yard game, which you don't see that often. But <laughs> they let Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown go off, and you know you got what you got. I don't need to talk about oh, the Vikings beat the Lions 34 to 20. I will say Delvin Cook has been incredible yet again. I think in the last two games he's had like 800 and something yards and six touchdowns that's incredible I don't think that you know they're playoff they're a playoff team or anything but I do think that the Vikings are kind of getting their stride because you know they they struggle this entire year and I think that they're now starting to get their stride because Delvin Cook is consistently healthy now uh Kirk Cousins isn't doing too much they're getting you know they're they're turning into more of a running uh offense so there's that uh, a really exciting game, which was closer than I expected. The Chiefs won't beat the Panthers thirty-three to thirty-one. You know, it's question. I mean, it's it's it's, it's funny. Somebody questioned on on Twitter, right? They said, 
what is Patrick Mahomes' weakness? If he has one. Because to me, Patrick Mahomes is one of the closest, if not the closest thing to a complete quarterback we've ever seen. You know, he has the arm talent. He has the accuracy. He has the the size. He has the leg strength. He has the running ability. Patrick Mahomes is, one of, is arguably, if not the most complete quarterback we've ever seen. But what is his weakness? And I had to think about this, you know. Uh, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He doesn't make a lot of bad passes. He don't play defense, so he can't be his defense. Is, the defense ain't, ain't been that good for a while. I mean, they, they have their stretches, but, you know, the last few games, they haven't been good. I don't think the defense really has been that good since I guess they played Baltimore. But what has been their what is what is his weakness? And the weakness is this. While it hasn't bit him in the butt, and while it hasn't been a detriment to his team, I think I think Patrick Mahomes sometimes goes for the kill shot a little too much. I think Patrick Mahomes goes for the deep ball a little too much. Now, when you have speedy receivers like a Tyree Kill, like a Sammy Watkins, like a, a Herman, um, of course you can do that. And I mean, when you have what twenty five touchdowns to one interception. Like you can do that, and and that's why I say it's a very small weakness. But I do think there are times when he goes for the home run a little too often, which could now it hasn't, now it hasn't, and which is why this is a small weakness. But it could actually, actually, you know, it, it kind of hurt them. Now, of course, they won, but it kind of hurt them in the Super Bowl. You know, he had two pretty bad interceptions. In fact, it kind of hurt him in the entire uh postseason last year now again I understand they won I understand he overcame that and this is why I say it's a very small very very small weakness but it is a weakness in and of itself last year in the playoffs you know he would go for the the home run a little too much either he'll overthrow the receiver or it'll get picked hell you saw in the Super Bowl it got picked twice and again they came back and won but they got picked twice so I don't know. Uh, it's while again, this isn't me saying Patrick Mahomes is a trash quarterback. This ain't me saying that Patrick Mahomes is too reckless. That's not what I'm saying at all. The question was presented: What is Patrick Mahomes' uh, weakness? And I think while it's a very small, minute weakness, uh, he kind of goes for the long ball too much. Now again, it hasn't hurt them, which is why it's a small, and he's still great everywhere else. So. Is that um, tennis? The Titans beat the Jaguars twenty five or twenty seven to twenty five. Um, free, <laughs> free Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Broncos lost to the Falcons thirty four to twenty seven. Our uh, Falcons are three and I think this is the Falcons two game win streak. So, shout out to the Falcons. Um, Let's talk about this game. I think I talked about it last week, or I think I've been talking about it for the past few weeks now, but Lamar Jackson's progression is what's holding back the Ravens. And this is what I mean by that. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is trash 
Hell, just he's the reigning MVP. I'm not saying the Ravens aren't good. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is horrible. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson's a bad player. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is this. The one thing that when you play the Ravens, the thing that they're going to try to do and would be smart to do is take away the run. Take away the run. Don't let J.K. Dobbins. Don't let Gus Edwards. Don't let Lamar Jackson loose. Do not let them run. Make them win by Lamar Jackson passing the ball. If Lamar Jackson gets 350, 400 passing yards, which I don't think he's done yet in his career, by the way. I don't even think he's had, now that I think about it, I don't think he's had 300 passing yards in his entire career. But if if Lamar Jackson gets four, 350 yard passing and we lose, hey, chalk it up. That it is, it is what it is. And I said this, I said this before. I said the one thing that will make the Ravens unbeatable is if Lamar Jackson develops a passing, uh, develops like his, his, his passing a little more. Now, don't get me wrong. Lamar Jackson can pass the ball, but it's just I don't think that he, you know, his reads aren't always there. Um, hell, in this game, like I said, they beat the Colts 24 to 10, but he was horrible. And I mean absolutely horrible the first half of that game. The first half, you know, he was throwing, he was overthrowing people. He was throwing behind people. He, he, he looked. He just looked lost. Now, yes, I understand that the Colts is a good defense. You have Darius Leonard. You have some. You have fast linebackers, and you have really good corners. I get that, but he looked horrible. Like he he looked exactly outside of the turnovers. He looked exactly how he looked the first half of the Ravens game. Like I mean, of the of the Pittsburgh game, he just looked bad. And uh, of course, the second half he he turned up. I think. He had 10 straight completions the second half. But the one, like I said, that that's what concerns me the most. You have a you have one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the league, with, you know, uh Humphreys, who didn't play, with Marcus Peters, who had a controversial interception, but he had an interception. They called it. Like you you have, you know, Clayus Campbell and you have arguably the best defense, but it's like if and Shannon Sharp says this all the time, man. If the Ravens think that they're gonna win a Super Bowl just running the ball down people's throat, that's just not gonna happen. You're just gonna they're just gonna fill or or yeah, fill the box and dare you to pass, which they've been doing with the Ravens. Now I understand that the Ravens game plan is to, I guess, quote, let Lamar cook and let him, you know, try to, you know, get get yards with his legs. Hell, he scored a touchdown on a really good run. But it's like, at, at some point, at some point, the Ravens cannot or aren't going, bad starts are going to start and really affect the Ravens. Hell, we saw in the playoffs last year with uh, going against the Titans, the running isn't gonna isn't gonna work all the time, and if you get the Ravens down, it's like you have a really good chance of winning because the Ravens aren't. I think they're like owing something when they're trailing at the half. So it's 
they're really fortunate that they played Philip Rivers, who is turnover central, and Lamar did look. Don't get me wrong; I'm not get, I'm not taking it. Lamar did look really good in the second half, but Lamar Jackson needs to develop his passing, or the Ravens are always going to have a ceiling, and that ceiling will be a really good team, but. Can they win it all? Because if you look at all the teams that we think have a chance of winning it, and and the Ravens are in that team, or the Ravens are in that group, but what do the Ravens do differently than all of them? Hell, we think the Kansas City Chiefs. We think the Kansas City Chiefs can win it all again. Patrick Mahomes, can, while he can run, he can he can throw the hell out that ball. We the Green Bay Packers. While Aaron Rodgers can run a little bit, he can throw the hell out that ball. The Seahawks, Russell Wilson can run, but he can throw the hell out the ball. Like teams that we think hell, uh, the Steelers, Big Ben don't really run at all, but he, you know, he, he can fling the ball. You have incredible weapons. The Ravens, as a team, outside of maybe Kansas City Chiefs, in fact, if you really look on no, outside of maybe Kansas City Chiefs, are better than all those teams. It's just. Lamar Jackson's development is kind of holding them back. Like he needs, and even his 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 coach said it. He needs to really button it up. Like, and and if not, then it, it's just it, it's it's going to. It, it's it, the Ravens are always going to hit a ceiling of you know a really good team, but not going to win the Super Bowl. So, but that's that. Uh, I'll talk about it. I'll say it. I'll say it. I think Russell Russell Wilson might have uh anal might. Russell Wilson lost his number one spot in the MVP race on Sunday when they lost to the Bills forty four to thirty four. Now yes, I know they're six and two. Yes, I know. Uh you know, it, it it's just it's just a second loss. And the Bills are seven and two, by the way. So shout out to the Bills, but I, I I understand that. But when you have four turnovers, two fumbles, and two interceptions, it's just everyone all around had a bad game. Now, <laughs> I will say, and I've been saying this for the longest, but. The, the 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 Seahawks is a one man band, literally. Like, if it wasn't for Russell Wilson, we wouldn't know much about Tyler Lockett. And don't get me wrong, Tyler Lockett's a really good uh, wide receiver, but we wouldn't know much about Tyler Lockett. We wouldn't know much about DK outside of he's a freak of nature and he had a really good combine. But you need someone to give him the ball. We wouldn't know much about Chris Carson. We wouldn't know much about um, half the people in the offense. But it. Because you play with Russell Wilson, you're just elevated. But it's a one-man band. Their offensive line is horrible. Their defense is arguably the worst defense in the league. No, you still got the Jets. <laughs> but it's arguably one of the worst. And the Arizona Cardinals. But it's worse. It's one of the worst defenses in the league. But, again, it's like when... it's kind of It's kind of like when you don't have much around you and the team like you can't succeed if you're not good like there's there's if if okay 
Let me say it like this. We talk about the Chiefs a lot. If Patrick Mahomes has an off day, they can still win. You know, you can their defense might be able to give you a win. Uh their, you know, uh Clyde uh the, the running back he 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 can get you, you know, you have Le'Veon Bell now. Uh if you if you do a little short dink and dunks to I don't know Travis Kelsey who is the best tight end in the league Tyreek Hill can do some you know wheel routes do some slants like Patrick Mahomes in fact we've seen a game where the Chiefs didn't really ask much of Patrick Mahomes I think he threw the ball maybe fourteen times that game which is incredibly low for today's NFL and they won. If Patrick Mahomes is not having a good game, the Chiefs still have a chance to win. If Aaron Rodgers is not having a good game, you still have Aaron Jones at the running back, and you still have a pretty good defense. If Drew Brees is not having a good game, you still have that defense, and you still have Alvin Kamara. If if Tampa Bay and, and, and Tom Brady is not having a good game, you still have Ronald Jones the second. You still have Leonard Fournette. You still have all those weapons around you, and you still have that defense. If Russell Wilson is not having a good game, as we saw on, on Sunday, they're not winning at all. And, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of heavy when, when that's the case, but that is, that is the case. And Patrick, I mean, Russell Wilson did not have a good game, like not even in the slightest. Now, I know he he passed or he had like two or three touchdowns, but he didn't have a good game. He had, Again, he had four turnovers, and it, they all cost him. So, but again, that defense is horrible, bro. I understand Jamal Adams came back, but that defense is bad on, on all fronts. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. And that offensive line is horrible. But, like I said, and we'll talk about this a little later because I'm going to give my top five uh, MVPs right now, or top five in the MVP race right now. But he is not number one. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, Another exciting game that we saw was the Raiders and the Chargers. I don't... <laughs> I don't know if the Chargers have a black cat running around the facility. I don't know what it is, but they just find ways to lose, man. Like they 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 just they really find ways to lose. Like we thought that was a catch to I think it was Mike Williams and it wasn't. <laughs> they they had missed field goals. Um they have bad penalties at at in the game. Like they're just you know, with Justin Herbert playing good and everyone playing good, they just still find a way to win. And shouts out to the Raiders for being five and three. But um oh oh well we saw last night you had Cam Newton and the Patriots beating the Jets thirty to twenty seven. I I I understand hey, that look there, there's a lot wrong with New England, man. They don't have. I mean, I was like, I think last night Jacoby Myers had like 13 or 14 targets. Jacoby Myers, who wouldn't be a third receiver on a lot of people's team, some dude named what Bird caught a really clutch pass. Like, and, and one thing I didn't understand that the that the people that the uh, commentator said was. 
Josh McDaniels went to Cam Newton and told him, yo, chill out on the running, bro. We got this. Like, you're only going to run within five yards of the touch, like of a touchdown, which doesn't make sense to me because it's like, now I, I understand Cam Newton is not a running back, but Cam Newton is arguably one of the most dangerous quarterbacks with his feet, and you tell him not to run. I don't, I don't, but there's, there's a lot. Like their defense is, is just decimated from you know people opting out of COVID injuries. It's just bad. Their offense. They don't have – it was bad when the commentator said, I know that uh, Cam Newton wished they had uh, Nikhil Harry right now. And in my mind, I was like, no, 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 because Nikhil Harry can't create separate – I probably couldn't create better separation doing Drake Drake routes than, than Nikhil Harry. But, nah, nah. But, again, shouts out to the Patriots. Uh, last minute, last second field goal by Nick Folk, who I didn't know was still in the league, by the way. Um, you know, they won 30 to 27. Uh, but the last game we will talk about is the Steelers and the Cowboys. And the Steelers still 8 0, by the way, winning uh, 24 to 19. Now, Gilbert, what, Garrett Gilbert, he has two last names. Garrett Gilbert looked better than I thought. Um, you know, he got CD Lamb a couple times. He got he CD Lamb scored a touchdown. Uh Pollard looked like Barry Sanders half the time. Um here's the thing, man. Uh the Steelers are eight and no. But the Steelers have not looked good. I think um the report came out yesterday saying Big Ben hurt both his knees or both his ankles or something like that. But I mean, he'll he'll still play. Look, it 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 just it's looked bad. It's it's looked really bad, man. It's but 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 they're winning. You know, they their defense is still incredible. But they just they just out. You know, they 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 give up big chunk plays. They give up big runs. I I don't know what it is, but. There's sometimes I guess a lot of people saying which which we've kind of seen throughout the years is that the 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 Steelers play down play to their competition. So if their if their competition is not that good, they're gonna play down to that, and it's gonna be a uh, uh, have a chance of winning with with a bad you know a, a bad team. But maybe they just looked at the the Cowboys and like they're they're one in seven at this point like we we should just win so I mean they're two and six at this point we should just win and I don't know I guess they thought the Cowboys were gonna fold and they didn't now it did take a, a couple of controversial calls one roughing the passer from J- I don't know what Jalen Jalen uh Jalen Jalen Smith I don't know what the hell he's doing like he he hurting that team, but hey, they're eight and zero. The Steelers are eight and zero. Shouts out to him, Clay Claypool. He he had a couple clutch passes, even though he did drop a couple. Um, Juju Smith Schuster has been good majority of the year, so you know, shouts out to them. Shouts out to them. But without further ado, uh, let's let me give you guys my 
in my top five in the MVP. Now, there's a lot of players that I would like to put on this list, but I just know they don't have a chance seeing how the MVP works and how it usually goes to an offensive player. Like, I would, if it was more of a fair uh, award, I definitely look at Miles Garrett as being in the MVP talk, seeing as how. He's been incredible for the Cleveland Browns. I look at Aaron Darnold. He is he's he's continued to do his thing. Minka Fitzpatrick for the Steelers. He's been incredible. Uh, but they don't really give it to they don't really give it to defensive players, man. I don't think I, I don't know when's the last time, if ever, the defensive players won MVP. But without further ado, those are kind of I guess you can say my honorable mentions. Uh, you can also put in DeAndre Hopkins. He he should definitely be my honorable mentions with Kyler Murray. Uh, that loss didn't help, but you know those. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Derrick Henry. He he's definitely an honorable mention. But without further ado, here's my top five. Number five, I'm going to go to Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara for the Saints. He has been the steady. The steady rock for the Saints. If you really look at the Saints, they've gone through a lot with injuries, with team fighting, with Drew Brees kind of declining. Like they have gone through an inc- they have gone through a whole hell of a lot this entire season. And one constant has been the play of Alvin Kamara. He and I, it's funny, a lot of people, including myself, was looking at him kind of sideways, like. Bro, you think you deserve Christian McCaffrey money, especially after coming, you know, coming after coming off an injury last year. And he was, you know, holding out. Now, of course, he got paid. But I'm like, bro, I don't think you deserve top of the league, you know, one of the top running backs in the league money. And he has definitely proved me wrong. He has shut me up. And it's not, you know, he is probably no. He is the most balanced back as far as he's not going to blow you away with numbers, but, you know, he's incredible in the catching game. He's in or passing game. He's incredible with the running game. He's so elusive. Like he is arguably with Christian McCaffrey being hurt. He is arguably one of, if not the best running back in the league. And he is number five on my list. Number four, I have to give it to Dalvin Cook, especially what we've seen the last two uh, weeks. Dalvin Cook is the main reason why the you're starting to see the Minnesota Vikings get back to, you know, what we expected the Minnesota Vikings to be this year. Dalvin Cook, he and and the funny is the funny thing is Dalvin Cook has dealt with injuries this year as well, but that hasn't slowed him down. That hasn't stopped him at all, and Dal- he has been incredible. Uh, again, just the last two games, he has six touchdowns. So, you know that that's why, I, and the reason why I kind of put him, kind of put him fourth, is because, like I said, this 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 uh, award usually goes to a quarterback. Now, of course, it has gone to running backs from time to time, but you know, I think that he is a slight. I think he's slightly been better than Alvin Kamara. I don't know if he's been more consistent throughout the entire year. But I do think his highlights are a lot are are higher than Alvin Kamara's highlights this year. So I have Dalvin Cook as four in my MVP race. Number three, I have Aaron Rodgers. Yes, uh, there is a big blemish with the game or uh, the game against Tampa Bay and the game against Minnesota. But 
Aaron Rodgers has been, he's looked incredible. I mean, he has the Green Bay Packers. A lot of people, it's funny, a lot of people, we always bring up how they uh, just completely botched the draft and free agency, but Green Bay is still one of the top teams in the NFC and one of the top teams in the league in general, and that is solely behind the play of Aaron Rodgers and how he's gotten he has Devontae Adams now in the conversation as best wide receiver in the game that's how good Aaron Rodgers has been and that's why he's number three number two I have to give it to Russ Russell Wilson he's been number one this entire year until you know the game against the the uh the Cardinals and the game against what we saw on Sunday. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't put all I okay. I put a lot of the blame on him when it comes to the game against the Bills because of those four turnovers. Now, I don't put as much blame on him with the loss against the Cardinals even though he did have two, I believe, costly turnovers. But even even with that, you know, he still I mean, he's still incredible. Like I said, it is the Seahawks is a one man band. If Russell Wilson doesn't play well, they don't win. If he does play well, they do win. And the fact that they are what six and two, that really shows how great he is. The fact that DK Metcalf is, I think, one of the league leaders in reception yards. And Tyler Lockett is one of the league leaders in reception hours. That just shows you how good he's been. So I have Russell Wilson at number two. And at number one, I mean, at this point, it kind of has to, at this point, it has to go with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he has 20, I believe he has 25 touchdowns to one interception. His team is, what, seven and one. And again, 25 25 no eight and one i'm sorry 25 touchdowns to uh one interception i think on sunday he became the or he he's the fastest quarterback ever to throw 100 touchdowns i think he did like 40 games like it's just you know that's that's just that's special Mahomes. um so that is my mvp that is my that is my MVP top five. I have Alvin Kamara at five, Dalvin Cook at four, Aaron Rodgers at three, Russell Wilson at the moment at two, and Patrick Mahomes at one. So uh, there's that. Uh, so anything else I want to talk about the NFL? Um, nah. What about college football? Yeah, college football. We saw Clemson lost to Notre Dame, and I kind of chalked that now. Now. The committee, I think, kind of saw or chalked it up the same way I chalked it up as, you know, you didn't have Trevor Lawrence due to coronavirus. You had three top, top defense. Your three top defensive players were out. And, you know, you're playing against the number three team in Notre Dame. And it took, what, two overtimes to win or to lose. Uh, Now, they did drop Clemson from one to four. And, yeah. I think that I think it would be a lot different if Trevor Lawrence was playing and the, definitely those three defensive, you know, players were playing. But, yeah, I, I give a lot of credit to Notre Dame. Now, 
it was crazy, crazy seeing all those fans uh, rush the field, especially in a <laughs> in a pandemic. But uh, hey, but again, shouts out to Notre Dame for beating Clemson. Uh, I think it was I don't know, again. I know it took two overtimes, and you're starting to see COVID really affect the game. I mean, the the college football. You know, you see a lot of Pac-12. I know Arizona, their game was postponed. Hell, we don't know if we're going to get Alabama and LSU this weekend. I know Mississippi State game, I believe that got postponed. You know, you're starting to see that games are starting to get postponed. And you're also starting to see that different conferences are handling it a lot better than other conferences. Like, you look at the Pac-12 they're not handling it as <laughs> let me not say the Pac-12. The Big Ten, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, Big something, the Big Twelve. They're not no the Big Ten. They're not handling it. At, they're handling it horribly. One, you okay? If you're gonna completely shut down the season, completely shut it down. I'm not. I'm not against you shutting down the season. I'm not against you playing. If you're, but if you're going to shut it down, completely shut it down. If you're going to play, completely play. Don't shut it down. Then you see that the Pac-12 is playing, or you see the uh, the the SEC is playing. You see ACC is playing. You see um, Pac-12 is playing, and you have Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State. So it's like you know we'll play. So then don't come and say okay we'll play, and now you have no contingency plans really because you didn't you you, because you started so late you really can't have bye weeks like the like the um sec is doing i think they have like two bye weeks just in case it's happening which we're starting to see this week you know you don't have any bye weeks that you can play around with i think you're only playing around with eight wins i mean with eight games and it's like if you're there's a team that's already their their games of I think it's Nebraska. I think their games have already like one of the two of their games already been canceled. If you have a third one, it's like you're pretty much out of contention to even play in the the big like the conference championship. So it's like the the Big Ten has just done everything wrong. Now, yeah, Ohio State's gonna play. Michigan just looks horrible. Michigan lost Michigan got destroyed by Indiana, but it's like we knew that games were going to be postponed. We knew that you know players were going to get COVID, and it's like when you look at places like the ACC, like the SEC, they're they had they're on top of it as what we're as what they're projecting and what they're showing us, and we're starting to see that the Big Ten and sort of the Back Twelve just aren't. So you know that's 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 that man. That's 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 that. So we. Like you said, we don't know if we're getting LSU and Bama. Um, yeah, we we don't know. So, uh, what else? Let's let's move on to to basketball. The NBA returns December twenty second, and it's also going to be a seventy two game season. Now, I I love basketball. And there's there's some pros and there's some cons with the league coming back on December twenty second. Here's a pro. The pro is the league coming back. We get basketball. It's not that long of a wait. We get it back. You know, uh, 
But the con is that there's not long, there's not that long of a wait. Hell, I think just two, three weeks ago, we just saw the LA Lakers win a championship. Like that is an incredible, that's an incredibly quick uh, turnaround time for the, especially the teams that were in the bubble. Like think about the Lakers, think about the Heat that just played, like I said, maybe a month ago, and now that they're they're going to play December, they're going to play in like a month. Like that is that to me is is a huge turnaround, and it's that's a huge turnaround to the league because there's a lot of players that were against it, and I think that's a con. That's another con, which I don't think is fair. That yeah, you had the players vote on it, but it wasn't really a fair vote. It was either you play or we hold out and your your ch- checks and money continue to decline. Like, I don't think that's fair, seeing as though you're putting, you know, your bottom line, because I don't know, there's, there's still places in the world, I mean, in the United States that can't have fans. So your most of your revenue is going to be by watching. And it, it's, it's just, to me, unfair that you're putting the athletes through this, seeing as though, like you're really only doing this for money because if you cared about the the athletes you'd be like all right we'd push it to january or we push it to february and yeah you lose a couple of marquee dates but it's like you're giving athletes ample amount of time not to mention how are you going to how are you going to uh compensate the teams that win the bubble or the teams that went far in the bubble, like I said, the, like the Lakers, like the Heat, like the Nuggets, like, I don't know, the the the, the Celtics. Like, how are you going to compensate with those teams going against teams like the Warriors or like the Bulls or like, I don't know, the, the Hornets or something? Those teams that have had such a long break because they didn't get to, they didn't get invited to the bubble. So I just think that the league, it's unfair that your pretty much options were play on December 22nd or push it back to a later date, but your pay gets affected. Now, I guess I can go back to a positive and saying that the league. You know, one of the biggest marquee days for, like, for instance, a huge marquee day for the NFL is Thanksgiving. As we know, the Lions always play, uh, the 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 Cowboys always play. Like, and there's a really big marquee game usually, and that marquee game this year is the Ravens and the Steelers. And the NFL will do everything in their power to keep that marquee day because they know most most people are going to be at home with their families and their eyes are or the TV is going to be on to an NFL game. Like I said, it's tradition. Lions play a game. The Bears play. I mean, the, the Cowboys play a game. And then there's usually three games. For the NBA, the biggest marquee game is Christmas. You know, you have the Christmas Day games. There's usually five games, one starting at 1230 in the uh, in the afternoon. The last one starting at, I think, like, I don't know, 930 or 8 o'clock at night or something like that. And all day is games. And like I said, that's people are at home with their families opening presents and stuff. And in the background, you have the game. 
So the fact that the NBA is going to cash in and is going to keep that marquee game, that is always a plus. Because, like I said, that's a marquee game. Not to mention, now that you're going, you still have, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Day. You still have New Year's. Like, there's a lot of marquee days that you're going to have uh, or that you're keeping, which is important. And, yeah, man. Now, now a con is, are we going to see, because we've already heard, you know, players like maybe LeBron might sit out. Like, are you going to have players sit out the first month of the season, especially players that just came from the bubble? Like I said, LeBron, what is Jimmy Butler and them going to do? Like, this is something that we have to have to, you know, have to have to monitor. But and if that if, if like a LeBron sits out for the first month, that is just that is a blow that is detrimental to the to the NBA, especially the start. So I don't know, man, it's it's. It's 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 definitely I'm excited as a fan. Oh, I'm also excited with the 72 games. I know a lot of people, a lot of people, especially in the front offices of the NBA, were trying to find a way to decrease the the regular season. And having 72 games to me is a pretty good way. Watch just in the next few years, if not this year, maybe next year, you're going to start seeing changing the playoffs with more of a 1 to 16 kind of like college basketball 1 to 16 instead of, you know, the conferences that we've been seeing to kind of make it a little fair uh but yeah, I I'm excited December 22nd the league starts and and yeah. Um is there anything else? Uh get well Tom Izzo, the coach for Mississippi uh Michigan State basketball, he just I guess contracted coronavirus. Um, now, you know he just did an interview yesterday or last night with uh, Sports Center. I think he's doing all right. You know, of course he's quarantining, trying to get better. So I hope you get well soon. And uh, uh, shouts out to Chase Elliott for winning the NASCAR Series Championship. He became the third youngest to win at 24. I'm not gonna lie, I don't watch NASCAR, but hey, shouts out to you, uh, Chase Elliott. And uh there you have it, man. I think this has been a pretty quick episode. Uh I I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Um and stay safe out there. Uh please, please stay safe. And until next time, much love. Fighting them cases, court days coming slow. The man was no joke, you just gotta have hope. And don't say shit, give a fuck what they say they know. Give a fuck what they find, give a damn who they get. I bet the shit won't stick, my last rapper was a bitch. They gave him 28 years, cause the nigga won't close his lips. Just be cool, be patient, cause the opps still hating. Be the same niggas broke them state, man, them niggas couldn't take you. They was too scared to face you, was going through that bitch like Chase. Well, you gotta be a fool. How you do that shit cool? You give me names, you ain't playing by the rules. Leave his ass in the pool of his own damn blood. It's the type of shit that don't make the news. See, now you just chillin'. You just waitin' on trial. Gain them out, I'm going wild. You know you got a child. And his mama ain't shit, but I know you learned that by now. Her she fuckin' with the ops. If you was just when they blocked with the same nigga you was tryna pop. Man, this shit gotta stop. Now you locked in a room, you just plug and wait, do a push-up. You better check on your bro. Cause a nigga on the new came in, said he heard he got smoke. Better check on your hoe. Cause the same little nigga said she out there right now getting poked. They just ruin your day. Now you tryna start a fight, saying niggas better
me tell you how I go in hell. Uh, boy, it's kind of cold in here. You ain't got nobody making stolen hell. Uh, but I had your pole in hell. Got niggas getting old in hell. Might lose your soul in hell. Been gone for a couple years, man. A couple years. Let me tell you how I go in hell. Take long, answer your phone.